And we're rolling, episode number three, number tres, episode number tiga. We got another very, very special guest, a very good friend of mine, actually. We know each other from childhood, from a very young age, uh, and I'm actually very grateful and thankful he's here on the podcast because we have been in touch recently through a lot of things in life, and it's an absolute pleasure to have him here, Mr. Brees, a very good friend of mine. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. Before we get into further details with you, I'm just going to run through quick things to start the podcast off, so I would just like to say thank you very much to everyone who's liked, commented, subscribed so far, shared on Instagram, done all that good stuff on social media. I really appreciate you. So thank you guys for that. Keep it coming. We're only going to grow and get better from here. This is just the beginning. Um, uh, we're on the same sponsorship, guys. The best beer in Bali, Kura Kura. Go and check out their cans. Everything will be in the description. You know where to go and find them. 10% off. Use the code Kaizai for any orders on the cans there. Uh, if you want a brewery tour with free throw beer for the whole brewery tour, not 10% off, not 15%, but 20% off with the code Kaizai. So be sure to check all that good stuff down below. Amazing beer. Kura Kura. Shout out to them. Thank you for the sponsorship. Really appreciate it. Um, what else are we moving on to here before we get into you? Uh, I think that's it. Oh, yeah, we're on Spotify, by the way. So if you're Great. reading, if you're fucking having a jog, if you're doing sports and you want to listen to the best podcast in Indonesia, follow us on Spotify. <laughs> uh, so, Brees, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing good. Yeah. yeah. Welcome nice. back to Bali. Welcome to your home home you. island. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a it's been an entire year. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, of course, with all the COVID thing, didn't really see much nightmare. of a reason. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Yeah. It didn't really see much of a reason to come over here. So yeah, the last time I've been here was like a year ago, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, no. You've back already in the seen island. the change from being here. It's <laughs> only insane. Last year. Every every year I come back, it's like something's changed. I yeah. don't recognize the streets anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's less it's less drastic this year, obviously, than what it was. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it's good. It's good to be back. It's good to spend some time on the beach, go surfing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's nice. How are the waves so far? Good. Well, I'm not. I'm not per se a really great surfer. <laughs> but it's just good to get back in the water. It's good to get yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. water. Exactly. Hundred yeah. percent. You got some time off. He's a busy man, so he came over back to his home island, and we exactly. managed to fit this fit this in actually quite perfectly. I would yeah, want to say. Nice. Just before New Year's. Well, this is going to come out after New Year's. So happy 2021, everyone. Um, so yeah, quick introduction of who you are really and what you're doing and at the moment because you are actually young. You're my age or a bit older. How are you now? 21. 21, yeah. 21. I'm 20, so you're a year okay. older than me. We yeah. did go to school together. We did. You are someone I look up to greatly. I Thank must you. say that. Thank you very he much. He is on it in life. He is an amazing individual. Um, so just a quick little recap of, of who, who you are and what you've accomplished for the age you're, you're What I've accomplished? Okay. Well, um, I don't think I've just accomplished much. Just a quick little much. briefing. So, well... Oh, you can't say that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's the humble man. <laughs> so I grew up um, well, in the first six years of my life in central Java, Indonesia. And, uh, and basically, well, as you know... Lived in Bali for the 10 years after that. Yeah. And then moved back to Europe, kind of like a well around different countries. And then, and then, yeah, recently, two years ago, I, um, well, I started this journey of triathlon. Probably like, yeah, three years now, two mm-hmm. and a half years, two and a half years ago. And, um, and yeah, that was like, kind of like inspiring in the sense that like, you know, doing things at a high level, yeah. high discipline and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, then I started working at my parents' company. So my mother, my mother took over it five years ago, and I've been running operations for two years. Since um, November, I took over as managing director or CEO, if you will. I'm not really a fan of that Absolutely. term. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and yeah, it's been good. It's been good, man. It's been like a very steep learning curve uh-huh. these last two years, especially this year alone. I mean, oh yeah, this year has been a hectic one, but a good absolutely. one, I must say. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great yeah. on the company side. We've been growing quite a lot and all that. So so yeah, let's. Pretty much a small little recap. I'm yeah, sure we'll yeah, get you're into it. You're killing it, bro. Deeper. I must say, we'll get into more details in, with all that. So, um, if you don't mind, a quick little briefing about your AKA triathlon junkie, because that's someone who you are online, if I must say. You have your social persona built up. You did compete in an Ironman in Nice. 
Yeah. So if you want to go into that, just how you started basically when you, where can we start, man? It's a big story. It's, it's do you want to start with? Do you want to start with? We, we can we can spill all the beans. Do you here. want to spill all the beans? Yeah. We can start with with how before. Let's trace it back a little. So sure. You were you were traveling Europe, and shit went down. Right. You were homeless. You were living on the streets. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go into that, and we'll Absolutely. move step by step into how you got into into triathletes? Because know, I'm sure it was based upon that. Yeah, precisely. So you know what? Let's just start from Bali. Um, yeah, I left perfect. Bali with a little bit of a situation. How old um, were you then? Um, I was just a month before I turned 15. Okay. I lived in Europe for a year and a half after that, and somewhere around the ages of 16, right? Um, went to school, public school in Holland. It wasn't great. And I kind of just lost all the motivation. As, as most public schools are in Europe, by the way. Like, yeah. It's yeah. not a very pleasant environment to even not get motivated really. or do anything, as the whole schooling system is now, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, there's different views upon that. Of course, there are good schools. But anyways, so <laughs> after that, uh, yeah, I kind of just went to Portugal. Mm-hmm. I started traveling around Portugal. Um, kind of like, I don't want to say run away from home because my parents were quite aware of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And um, well, my mom, of course. My You're just socially away. independent, basically, at a young age. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I asked my mom for five hundred euros, and I promised her to never ask for money again. That was a big lie. <laughs> just five hundred. <laughs> just five hundred. <laughs> and so and so I started kind of like traveling around Portugal, right mm-hmm. from the north uh, around Braga and uh, Arcos de Valdevez, and I traveled all the way down south with no money, right? I think I had like a hundred euros, and bought like a backpack and everything. Yeah, yeah, gypsy life. Gypsy life, yeah, exactly. And um, I kind of like hitchhiked down, you know working in like these remote like um what do you call them like self-sustainable farms hotels through mm-hmm. work away and um and yeah kind of like just living that life and a lot of drugs were obviously present i mean you know at the time i was 16 i had no money yeah, and the streets of portugal as well man the Fuck streets around. of portugal there myself it is <laughs> yeah a- exactly you'd know right so yeah. yeah and then anyways i i arrived in lagos somewhere which is all the way in the south of mm-hmm. portugal in the algarves and that's when yeah, shit kind of went down in terms of like the atmosphere, um, the hippies there. It was kind of like a weird culture that mm-hmm. I was like set in. And the people there were just insane. And I was kind of like really enamored in that kind of culture, that yeah. vibe, because it was like, you know. You're young, man. You When you're young, you look up to these people. Like even though <laughs> yeah. they're completely the opposite of what you should look up to, just because they're older than you and they're doing these substances and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of automatic. Yeah. In a way that you just want to impress them or just fit in in a way. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, it's somewhere along the lines of that. But I think it's also part of it. Like, I didn't really feel like I fit in anywhere. Uh-huh. And so I think, like, when you look at rave culture, uh, which was, you know, we were doing a lot of raves at the time and, like, hippie culture. And at least for me, right, I didn't really ever fit in. So once I saw this kind of, like, this kind of group that kind of, like, accepted me um, as, like, a friend and stuff like that, I don't know. I became really, yeah, I became, I felt like I was a part of something yeah. finally, right? And obviously it was what you look for at a young age, especially absolutely. overseas when you're when you're away, you know, 100 percent. That's what you want. You want friends. You want to be part of something. Exactly. So it's very easy to understand that. Exactly. But unfortunately, like I got completely lost with the drugs yeah. at the time I was taking Just off the rails. Yeah. At the time I was taking quite a lot of psychedelics and all that stuff. And and after three months of basically tripping on the beach on yeah. acid, um, Just losing yourself, living in the moment, not 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 thinking about the future at all or anything. Yeah. I mean, there, there's there's a nice vibe to it. I mean, there's a nice thing about like kind of like living um, you know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But it's 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 very easy to get lost. Like I can refer this to Gilier. Like I do business in Gilier, and when I go over there quite often, like every two three weeks to check on the beach house and the barber shop and everything, like you see these hippies or these nomad people that get there, and then you'll come back a month later and they'll be completely lost. You know, in the same spot on the yeah. beach, just roaming around, taking mushrooms, 
So it's very easy to just click out of it because on psychedelics, you do kind of detach yourself from this reality that we live in, which is like work and money and everything because psychedelics shows you that you're one with the earth and all this and you don't really need that. So it's very easy to get lost on it. It is. Yeah. It is. And I always tell myself, like, you know, um, I got arrested in Spain, uh-huh. uh, which was kind of like a blessing in disguise in a way, because if that would have never happened. Pivotal moment. Yeah, a pivotal moment. And if, if that would have never happened, I would have gone to Morocco across the Atlantic. And, you know, who knows? I would have been, yeah. been 30 years old. I would have still been selling weed and, and, you know, doing work away and stuff like that, you know, living the life as they call it, which, um, yeah. which now I have a complete different perspective on. Yeah. And, um, I feel like you almost had to go through that phase in your life to become who you are. Yeah. So, you know, I, we, went, we went to good schools. Mm-hmm. You know, I went to good schools in, in Holland and, and stuff like that as well. And when I compare myself uh, to other friends, you know, who went to pretty good universities, I always look back in my life and said, and this, this was especially in, in my recovery from, from drugs, I look back and I always felt quite insecure about mm-hmm. my choices, right? Because, you know, I, do have, I did have the opportunity to go to a very good university and all that. But yeah, there's something about my life that I look back and, you know, the traveling and the drugs and whatnot and meeting all these interesting people. That's just priceless. You know, yeah, you can, it is. You, you can't get a degree for that. For me, you life is it. about making memories. At the end of the day, when you are dying, when you're whatever age you are and you're there and you're about to die, it's you and your memories. That's yeah. the last thing you're going to go with. So yeah. and, and for me, it's priceless, a big 100%. part, the memories were definitely a big part. Um, but learning from that, I mean, yeah. in a period of eight months, you know. Obviously, you learn how to be street smart. I mean, I got screwed over many times. Um, 100%. And in Portugal, there are filthy bastards on the street with when it comes to that type of stuff. Yeah, they're, they're, everywhere, they're everywhere in the dirty. world. Everywhere in the world. Yeah, but I was just screwed over by gypsies. You know, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not a life to It's live. endless. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, so I went to Sevilla. And, um, and then I w- was there with a few friends, a few of my hippies. Unfortunately, I completely lost it. I couldn't even think straight. And, um, and then I went to Malaga. And in Malaga, I kind of lived there for the summer. Um, for a few months and then I decided to go back to school. Okay, so what age were you at this point? At this point, I was 17. Okay, I so two, 20, a year and a half in from when you first started traveling. You know, I only traveled for like eight months or so. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so almost a year. Uh-huh. And um, and yeah, so I lived in Malaga for a year. I went to a British private school there and um, and I think that's when the drugs started to really start. Okay. Um, I w- always took like drugs on a daily basis but like I think this point it was different. It was kind of like the daily use yeah. Um, was time. this more grade A drugs? Um, I was always using like schedule yeah. one substances, okay. grade A as, as you might call it and stuff like that. But I think I got really specified in, you know, cocaine at the yeah. time I was using and benzodiazepines, you know, bromazepam, lorazepam. Saw the bad shit. Yeah, all that jazz. And it was just a daily thing. I would uh-huh. be using at school. I'll be drinking a glass of wine with a benzo in the evening and the weekends were filled with MDMA. Uh-huh. And those were like my main drugs of choices. I stopped with the psychedelics and stuff like that because I didn't really enjoy that. You went through phases. So you just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, unfortunately, like after eight months or fortunately, depends how you see it, um, I had to get admitted to rehab. Mm-hmm. And you know, at that- And at this that, was in Spain. This was in yeah. Spain, yeah. At that point, I completely lost myself. And I was admitted to an eight week program at, um, in, in a, at, a, at a rehab in Malaga. I came out worse than I came in had to go into a psychiatric hospital yeah didn't help you it didn't help no. me at all and i've heard this before like we can get into something very important you told me i remember about addiction that, that 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 quote you said i think i have it here somewhere where it is let me try pull it up sorry continue while i just find this because i found it very 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 intriguing to me yeah well we'll get into that and so yeah i went to psychiatric hospital and i mean we're talking um basically just four four walls Bars on bars on your windows. Yeah, it's, that's just the complete opposite of what you want from a rehab. Like when I think of a, I've obviously never been, and it's um, before when I think of it, how it should be is like open fields. You know, you're somewhere in nature where it's like 
open in the environment with the sun on you all the time. And that's what I feel like the body would need when going through this change and this recovery instead of being in this locked up kind of asylum type of building because that's just the complete opposite. It's, it's, it's kind of fucked. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but my first rehab and my, and my third rehab. I'm sure um, there is rehabs like that. I'm yeah, not so saying I, every rehab I went, is I went, like that. I went, I went to rehabs like yeah. that. So the first rehab was like that. You know, it was basically like, um, mocktails, not mocktails, but like, yeah. you know, drinks, juices at the, at the swimming pool, beautiful sun in Spain, you know, top level service, all that stuff. But this is the one you came out of worse. Yeah. yeah. That's the one okay. that came out worst. And, um, because just of the people that were there and whatnot and, and yeah, and then I had to get admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Furthermore, then I spent three months in Amsterdam. The psychiatric hospital was terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. they would give you cigarettes one by one every night. They would, you know, what the fuck? yeah, they'd give me, they'd bum me up with yeah, terrible antipsychotics. Yeah. yeah. And just get you all doped up and fucking so exactly. you don't even know where you I could, are. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. even, you know, it was just terrible. And I'm not a big believer in that kind of treatment. 100%. That's the worst thing for you. It's only going to fuck you up even more. It's just digging that hole even deeper, in my opinion, you know? Exactly. It's numbing the pain now, but long term, it's just digging and digging. Exactly. And you're not going to be able to look up and see the sky anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and just that the whole vibe in there, the people were terrible and stuff like that. Um, I mean, the only benefit I had is I learned quite a good, quite a bit of Spanish. Yeah. So, <laughs> you see, taking the good out of the bad. <laughs> exactly. True entrepreneur. <laughs> and so, and so later on, I spent a few months in Amsterdam, which mm-hmm. was kind of like rock bottom, if you call it, in terms of the the drugs that I was taking were a little bit extreme, mm-hmm. and I found myself in um, in kind of situations with people that you know I never thought I would. Thought you would be near. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, at that point, it wasn't even rave culture anymore. Would you say this as another pivotal moment where you kind of realized and you looked around yourself and you're like, fucking hell, I've got to this point that's so low. And it kind of was a realization smack where you're like, I never thought, like you said, I would be around these specific type of people, whatever you want to call them. Not, not at all, actually. Not at all. You didn't, not at you didn't all. care. I, I, yeah, yeah, at that point. You were so deep in, you were like, fuck it. I yeah. just want my fix. Yeah, yeah. At, that, at that point, um, I was quite suicidal. And um, the way I saw, like, I was experimenting with large doses of certain drugs, which you shouldn't experiment in large doses with, especially the way I was taking those drugs. And that, you know, and I was, I would tell myself before I I used it in the way I did um, in the evenings, I'd tell myself, look, if this goes bad, fuck it, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And I would kind of like experiment with with yeah. very high doses in it. You got to that point, you're like, if this happens, I don't really fuck care. It. You yeah. know, there's complete apathy for life mm-hmm. and no, like, complete lack of motivation, lack of drive for anything. And um, I had something coming. I had this rehab, which apparently was the rehab. And um, and that's when I got into Yes We Can Youth Clinics, mm-hmm. which basically, yeah, after it was a 10 week program, and after eight weeks, something clicked. You know, get goosebumps Sweet. even talking about it. <laughs> hey, of course, man. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps even listening <laughs> to it, man. Fucking props to you. Um, but yes, that's, that's an amazing thing, bro. Like to go through that and even sit here now and talk about it is a, a superpower. So yeah. moving into that thing you told me about that you said to me, which I actually kept because I think it's something very amazing, especially for a perception way of how you think of it. Cause you could easily not even, you could put all this shit in a cupboard and lock it. And you're like, I came out of it. I don't want to look at it again. It's done. Yeah. But you don't, mm. which is amazing in my opinion, because you grow from it and you learn from it and it's probably going to be put out, which you already have. You've written your story online, which will be everything in the description. It's an amazing read. Check it out. It's absolutely great. It's just going to be put out to help people, in my opinion. And that's what you want. No, is that your absolutely. aim? Yeah. So absolutely. like you said, if I'm mistaken, if this is wrong, but I remember you told me addiction is a superpower. You just have to leverage it into what you love and make it become a positive obsession. Every successful person has an advice pers- uh, has an addictive personality trait that they, uh, they, wait, has an addictive personality trait. Um, and they're just a lost addict associated with the wrong obsession. Yeah. So, so maybe I said that a bit, stumbled a bit so on the, those terms. This <laughs> is something that I'm quite passionate of. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Yeah, just for reference before going to, I'm three and a half years sober. And, um, well done, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> so there'll be none of these for Mr. Brees. None of them. I have 0, 0.0. In time. We're on and, the water today. And water, of course. Cheers, man. Cheers. Good job to another lifetime of soberness to you. I'll, I'll join you soon. <laughs> After New Year's. After New Year's. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, so the way I see addiction is quite controversial in the sense that I don't really go with conventional. Uh, addict, addiction treatment and the way how they see it. I mean, when you talk to a psychologist who works in um, addiction, they would often say that, you know, you should be free from all your addictions, mm-hmm. which is fine, right? And this kind of gets a little bit complicated because I believe that there are two different types of addicts, right? I think there are addicts who are born an addict, right? Yeah. And that I feel like there are addicts that are molded within their environments. They have the addictive trait with them. Born. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, the latter, and the latter is more in the sense that, like, you know, they've experienced certain... Um, yeah, certain situations in their life which kind of led them into being dependent on drugs. Like, you know, some people have been raped at a young age, you know, terrible family mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And those type of people don't really have the addictive personality, right? But then you have the people who are just born addictive, yeah. right? That have an extreme obsessive, like innately are obsessive people. Yeah, with everything they do, they go 100% in what they do and they move on to the next task and they're 100% with that. Yeah, yeah 100%. precisely. And the theory that I kind of want to build upon is that I feel like when you look at the top 1% of every industry in the world, right? Give it the best entrepreneurs, the CEOs, you know, great musicians, mm-hmm. athletes, and all the thing. The one thing that I seem to see that they all have in common is that they have, you know, innate passion yeah. for what they do and they love it mm-hmm. right you look at the story of bill gates and mark zuckerberg and all these you know great individuals they love what they do yeah to a that's, level that's just the base of everything is they yeah. love what they're doing and yeah. conor mcgregor sense uh, said once I'm, I'm not really sure how he actually goes. has some banging quotes that guy if you actually look into how he what does, he does he? he's a true fucking yeah. man like of his word as well he spewed a lot of manifestation in what he did as well like when Absolutely. he was in crumlin like yeah. I did some research on him and he's one of my role models for sure. Yeah, I don't know too much about him. I just know this one quote and he says something along the lines of like, this is, this is not, um, I forgot where it goes, but <laughs> <laughs> he says basically like, this is not something, this yeah. is an obsession, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, he goes and says, this is not talent, this is obsession. This is obsession. Right? And when you kind of like, because obsession has a bad rep, right? It's basically stigmatized. It does. Yeah, it's stigmatized 100%. in a massive way because when you're obsessed with something, you're basically just, yeah, tunnel vision on it, and you don't really have any output or outlet in, in any other direction, right? And so when I when I read that quote, I kind of like looked into like other athletes. Um, there is a great athlete I forgot her name, and she does um, she does track cycling in the Olympics, mm-hmm. and she also came from an addictive background, and she put all her effort in there, yeah. right? And I think that when you look at these top one percent, they all have something uncannily similar yeah. to all these addicts, right? That they love, they like not like the not the way they approach drugs and mm-hmm. or, or or sports or whatever industry they're in, but more so like the emotion that goes into it. Yeah, right. It's just it's their everything. Yeah, it, it's exactly. their it's their bread and butter. That's all they care about. That's all they want in life. They couldn't care exactly. less if it was anything else. Exactly. Hundred percent. Yeah. So the way the way I see it is that like addicts, um, purebred addicts, is the analogy that I, that I would use. Um, purebred addicts, they have a lot of potential in if they kind of like learn from themselves, right? And and learn their addiction and tame their addiction and then take advantage of their addiction. Yeah. You know, I do a lot of um, kind of um, Zoom meetings yeah. online and I do a lot of calls with some people. Some others often contact me. They ask me to take, you know. That's amazing. Yeah, That's have really a call good. with their child and stuff like that. That's lately sick, I've been doing, bro. Yeah, lately I've been doing a lot of Zoom calls uh, for safe houses uh-huh. and, um, 
and, and this is mainly abroad just or everywhere there's not one main main sector where yeah no it's abroad so everywhere. I've done yeah, the US yeah. Canada uh, Holland I have some ties there and um, and I always tell them you know I mean like you know you see all these people with their small screens they're all basically you know, robots in the same house. <laughs> they're not robots it's just that they, they feel like they feel like they're left behind yeah. in life because if they compare themselves with their friends you know they've lost themselves in addiction yeah. and I always tell them like man you know you guys have something that people would dream of having and that's a personality that can be used, you know, in to anything, to mold into anything. Yeah, in yeah. way in ways that you know people can only imagine. You know, there's a certain drive, the level of obsession that it's just you can't have that. Like people, you can't. People you're, yeah, yeah, you're born that. with it, like you said. Exactly. You either have it or you don't. Exactly. And so yeah, that's kind of like my view on addiction. It's kind of it's very it's very low. I'm not really sure where I'm going with it, but I definitely uh-huh. want to write a little. You're on bit the right path, it. man. I'll give you that for sure. We'll get into it later. I don't want this all to be about your passengers because your transformation that you've done. Yeah. And I think that that middle part of where we'll move on to of how successful you are going and you are at the moment, um, is you going into that triathlon. Exactly. So um, after I kind of like left, yes, we can. I went to a safe house, which is basically like. Um, a house for addicts to live in after their they do their treatment at a clinic and it's basically you can do whatever you want but you're living with a bunch of addicts and was this in the netherlands this was in the netherlands yeah, yeah in the hague okay and i stayed there for nine months after six months of my sobriety i really wanted to quit smoking yeah and i think i tried like four times the longest that i've been was a week or so i really wanted to until a friend of mine told me like you know what why don't we just run this half marathon and I said, okay, that's a great idea. And I remember it was just a month out before I quit smoking. Yeah, because you, you are an athletic guy. I remember when we were young, we would be doing, we would play football together all the time. We would be doing, uh, what's it called, cross countries. Yeah. We were athletic kids. Yeah, we absolutely. Are, absolutely. Like, I mean, with, so yeah, you do yeah. have that that in you. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was brought up quite athletically. My yeah. parents always put me in, you know, extracurricular activities, sports related and stuff. So on that front, I, I was quite, well, I, had, I wasn't like fat or, well, I was a bit skinny because of all the drugs and stuff. But yeah, that changed pretty quickly. I mean, yeah. once I did that half marathon, um, I remember everyone telling me that it was just such a stupid idea. I got so excited. It always is that. It's always everyone saying you shouldn't do it or it's a bad idea when it actually is the best one for you. Exactly. <laughs> and I think I think having that, you know, with, with addicts, it's very difficult because some people have, um, yeah, they can't, they, you know, part of them is their addiction talking uh-huh. as in like, oh, I should be able to do this. And part of them is themselves talking like, okay, this is actually a good decision. Kind of like the angel and the devil right here. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and having that clarity between which one's right is, you know, crucial. But anyway, so I did that half marathon and I crossed the finish line and I was hooked. You know, I, there was nothing more that I wanted to do than that. And that's when I start, slowly started seeing this red So paint. that clicked in your head. You're like, you transferred your addiction from that into triathlons yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and you maneuvered that passion exactly and you know transferring addictions wasn't healthy and it definitely wasn't healthy in the first you know in the first few months that i was doing triathlon because the way i was doing it was extremely obsessive yeah i slowly moved into triathlon and i saw this red page iron man and i was like wow this is insane so it's a 3.8 kilometer swim followed by 180 kilometer bike <sighs> and then a 42 kilometer run afterwards jesus christ and so I just came back for an hour of boxing and I'm done. I can't even imagine that, bro. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's the race is hard. The, the training is even yeah, harder. Yeah, it's even in harder. My opinion. Yeah. Just putting the graft in, preparing your body for these obscene levels of intensity. Absolutely, exactly. Yeah. And so seven, well, eight months after I did my first um, half marathon, which is around nine months after I quit smoking, I was on the start line of Ironman Malaysia, right? And... Um, Incredible. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an insane journey in terms of like the training and yeah. the kind of like the level of um, seriousness that I put into it. Was right? this in mainland MKL or was it like off the island? This was in Langkawi. Okay, Langkawi. Yeah, Langkawi. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful islands, by the way. Beautiful yeah, island. Yeah. I love Langkawi. I, yeah. I went back there last year for Ironman Malaysia again. Mm, sick. And um, and yeah, I came I, I came third place. Wow. 
and um, in my age group. Hats off to that, man. You know, uh, <laughs> a, few, a few minutes short of qualifying for world championships. Wow. And, uh, and then I was like, wow, this is actually, you know, I have I a, got little it. Bit, <laughs> a little potential here, yeah, yeah. you know, g- given that I only quit smoking That's amazing, nine bro, months honestly. ago. Yeah. And just about a year ago, I quit taking Everything. all the drugs that I was taking. Mm-hmm. And so I got really into triathlon and kind of like build kind of like a brand, which yep. is what you were referring to yep. earlier. Triathlon junkie. Triathlon Check junkie. everything out. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. He's on his Instagram. You got your, where can they, you got a website, no, as well? I got a website. It'll yeah. be, everything will be below. It's amazing. Check it out, guys. Honestly, it's a, it's an amazing read. Hand on heart. Do yeah. it. Thanks. And, um, and yeah, and then I started calling, creating this brand triathlon junkie and then I started getting sponsors and started getting more into it, started winning more races, local races. And then, yeah, I came third place in Ironman Subic Bay the year after, and that's where I qualified for 70.3 world championships. So that's half Ironman world yeah. championships in Nice, which, in we, were, nice, yeah, yeah, which yeah. we were talking about earlier. And, and then, yeah. And then after that, that was, this was about last year. What place did you come in that one? Not good. Not good. <laughs> hey, mate, honestly, you can come first or you come last. To me, if you even just do it, it's it's equally as good. That's yeah, my I, personal opinion. I think I think I think like racing local races or like Southeast Asian yeah. races and stuff like that is is one thing. Would you say it was a, a lot harder? Um, it's all dependent on the course. You okay. know, sometimes you have different. Was this one around. equally as hard or was this one a this lot had, harder? Was a very difficult. Bike okay, so course. it was a step up. Yeah, in a way, in, in a way, way it was. Yeah. Yeah. But the level of competition. I mean, oh yeah, of course. In know, Europe and that, hundred percent. Yeah, I think we were racing against. Always higher than any you're sports. racing against the top one percent of best. So the best of the best. The best of the best. Right. You were in the. You were in the in the A game. Yeah, exactly. And um, and yeah, I mean, competing against these people was just was just complete different level. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really do very well. So I had a lot of problems with my nutrition strategy. But yeah, and then so I kind of like kept going on for like six months. And um, that brings me to like earlier this year where COVID hit and um, all the races were canceled. And yeah, and then, you know, I decided to take a little bit of a break from triathlon. Yeah, yeah. Focus more on business. Focus more on business. Yeah. And I was already quite focused on business for two years. Well, for one year at that time. And, um, and yeah, at that point, you know, I kind of like got more into business and realized that, okay, well, you know, I'm not making that much money from triathlon. I'm training 15 to 20 hours a week. It's not worth it. It's, you know, it's getting to a point where I don't see the Risk and reward. Exactly. You know, and if I would spend that time into the company, the rewards were much greater. So which it, you have been doing, which is which I have been doing. Yeah, we'll get into that. I think later, and after we wrap this up, we'll sh- shift over onto that because yeah. I think another amazing thing you've done, like you just keep shifting and upgrading yourself. So if you, I would see this as Brees's life, the graphs going up, baby. <laughs> it's only gonna be going <laughs> up. I, I know you so. like your graphs as well. <laughs> I love graphs. <laughs> and so, um, and yeah, so all during this time, I was very obsessed with learning. Right. I mean, I dropped out of high school for rehab, so mm-hmm. I didn't really have any conventional education or standard, you know, academic education as everyone would have. So it was really up to me at this point. I was reading around six books a month and doing a lot of courses online on financial accounting. Yeah, that's you know. six books a month. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's solid. That's decent. I would do like I'm on like two or three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of Kindle and, you know, yeah, yeah. improve my reading speed and stuff like that. And um, and the courses, the courses have been a massive help in, in the sense of like managing the company and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah. side hustling, baby. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Self-improvement and your business improvement, everything. Exactly. I actually want to thank you for actually getting me back into reading, honestly. It was because of you. Thank you. You yeah. actually recommended me three amazing books. I'm yeah, you down, have, down two, one more to go. The Unfair Advantage. Unfair Advantages, yeah. smash that. Amazing. Yeah. I heard, thank I, you for the recommendation. I heard from someone that yeah, yeah. they recommended, you recommended the book to them. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually passed it on. So it's a oh, little great. token. Great, of, yeah. It's going around the Bali community. I think it's, yeah. Hands down. Thank you, man. If you guys want to check it out, yeah. I'll put it down in the description because it's worth the read. It's, it's an amazing. Book. And then now I've just finished uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That one, honestly, it's a good book. But I'm not trying to be cocky or anything. 
I kind of told me kind of already what I kind of knew, but it did it in a more simplistic form. Right. Like I would, I would give unfair advantages a solid eight nine. I'm giving wind wind uh, wind friends and influence people six. Yeah. No, I understand that. I mean, a lot of. But books- I still think it's important to read. It's just I think it was it's really dragged out like with unnecessary stories mainly instead of just hitting the point more. Yeah, I mean you, you know? you'll see that a lot with yeah. different books. You know, I'm I mean, here crit- criticizing fucking top selling books. Who am I? But like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> no, but that's the thing. Don't listen to me. That's the thing with books, though. I mean, it's very individual. Like yeah, you, yeah. you see on Goodreads that you know there's some people that rate books one star, like great books yeah. one star, and some exactly. everyone's different. Everyone's exactly. different. Exactly. The way I see it, like if you read six books a month or five books a month. And you have no value from like four of the books. You're wrong. But some no. But so somewhere this is possible, right? So somewhere in the fifth book, in the second last chapter, there's two paragraphs that change your Flip life completely. Yeah. And that's why. And that's the way I see it, right? You know, you know, you know. It's a good, a good way to look at it. Yeah, precisely. With anything, man, to do honestly, not just books. Like if it's not working out for you, it could just be that last step. Don't give up. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And um, and yeah, I always make this joke that when I'm at the factory, right? Everything that I teach my employees and. Um, Everything that I teach my top management team comes from the books that I read yeah. the night before. Hundred percent, like that, like those books. Like you even told me, like hi, I can't wait for you to read them. Like you're actually gonna get like it'll change your life, and yeah. it has. And I'm I'm on the E Myth now, but I'm I'm kind of reading that slower because I actually want to read that fresh. So when That's I start good. opening up my barbershop again and all the other businesses I'm running, I can actually apply that strategy because yeah. E Myth is more fundamental into like getting into and running business like day to day. So I'm actually exactly. reading that slower. Yeah. But like all the analytics and all the all the note taking and everything, like you Notion, have to do that with, yeah. with 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 these books. Although, well, you don't have to, but it it, it is necessary. There's in my definitely opinion. a lot of value yeah. to be taken exactly out of from especially reading chapters over again, like. Reading Absolutely. them and then going back and reading them again is worth it. So if you guys want any books and you're stuck, I actually want to start a little challenge here on the podcast. I don't know if anyone's going to join it, but hashtag read a book in a month. So it's one book in a month. That's very, he reads six. So you can <laughs> read one. <laughs> so any book, if you want to start off with these three, win friends and influence people, unfair advantage and the e-myth. Hopefully it will help you change your life as well. So yeah. Do that. Read a book in a month. That's that's a Kaizai challenge for you. <laughs> yes. So you mentioned Emeth. This is one of my favorite books. Yeah. I'm um, rereading it for the third time now. And, wow, um, you see? <laughs> and, and it's funny because... It just gets better, would you say? I think I think you pick up on things that you didn't mm. pick up and kind of like a refreshing memory that, you know, when you apply things into your business and, and you're, you know, you're consuming a lot of content, you kind of like forget, like, which is like the fundamentals, yeah. as you said, right? And with Emeth, it's something like, you know, when you're running a small business, I mean, the subtitle is Why All Small Businesses Fail. It's kind of like a good reminder to tell yourself like, okay, so this is, this is, you know, this is the point of the book. And this is like, this is like the, and I believe in the E-Myth because it's kind of like all businesses should be run with the intention to be sold and with systems, oh, to be, 100%. Yeah, with systems to be created and delegated. Exactly. Right. I mean, we're not people, well, I won't get too much into the book, but I don't think a lot of people that they, they run businesses and the entire businesses is dependent on them. Mm-hmm. Right. Business should be systems dependent, is in in my opinion, and, and um, no. And well, if you look at the top 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 tier businesses, it's all system based. It's all system run. Absolutely, you have to get that. You have to hit that to, to even become into that sector of that that high end tier of businesses, in my opinion. Yeah, because you only get so far with doing it with passion and stuff. It's an amazing way to start, and that's how maybe all businesses should be started off is through passion and through what you like. But it should be changed and shifted into what you said with systems. Absolutely, and and with these books and stuff like that, uh, I think I think the main like the premise or the idea of like reading these books is to apply everything you learn. Yeah. Um. You know, I was in a discussion uh, a few weeks ago with a friend, and you know, he was telling me all the problems that he was having in his business, and I told him I said, you know, there's this. I told him like I hate recommending books because I don't like doing it. Yeah. Right. But I told him like you have to read the E Myth. Mm-hmm. 
And he said, well, I've already read it. I said, well, all the problems that you just told me are in the email. Are in the book. Are in the email. So you didn't read it properly, mate. <laughs> and, and he says, yeah, well, the problem I have is applying things. And I said, it's all about applying. Like books are useless if you're exactly. not Exactly, if you're not applying it, you're, what is, is, you're just reading. And this is why, the, you know, the self-help industry is just a massive industry because people just keep consuming and keep buying you know, the self-help is an industry that's kind of like, a, it's a cyclical industry, which like, yeah. it just people are like locked in it. Like yeah, they don't 100%. take anything out because if self-help was a thing that worked, right? They it would wouldn't kind of, exist. <laughs> it wouldn't exist, right? <laughs> so um, yeah, just kind of like looking at it from that perspective and, yeah. you know, consuming the books and, you know, taking notes like on Notion as you do. Yeah, or, we're actually going to say that again. Thank you for that. If yeah. you guys want any, like this has changed my life again. This man's <laughs> changing my life step by step, bro. Like straight up, this application is I want a sponsorship, so Notion, come on. <laughs> Give us a couple of months, we'll be up there in the statistics. But yeah, it's an amazing application where you can just literally put everything you have in here onto a, your computer onto, and just format it in amazing ways. Like, I don't know, what's that? What's that? We're going to go into this. Some role models you watch every day that influence you. I know, what's that guy with the glasses? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. He is a, he is a Notion god, a in my god, opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he, he's a productivity god. Yeah, he is, yeah, he is, he is, he is another, another standard of, of, of work ethic and like shit he does. Like, another person you got me onto again. Yeah. So, thank you for that. Yeah, so shout out to Notion. It's an amazing application. I don't know who did it, but yeah, hopefully we can get a sponsorship from them soon. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, and so like all this like Notion and stuff like that, they're basically just like, you know, the second brain is, is the, way yeah, like basically. the way I use yeah. Notion. And kind of like implementing these systems in your life and in your it's business your hard drive. as well. <laughs> exactly. I call it my life operating system. Yeah. And, um, and all this stuff, it's kind of just like, you know, it's, it's a level of organization and, you know, that, that just increases your productivity. Massive. Exactly, man. It's I, just motivating for me. Like when I see this, like right now, I'm, <laughs> what I have is Notion open. Yeah. <laughs> if any of you are wondering what's behind the computer, it's Notion. Yeah. So yeah, it is, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's hands down life changing in my opinion. Yeah. And anyway, so back to like the, the, the whole like taking over the, well, not taking over the company, but yeah. like. Get back into that. Yeah. yeah. So after, after the triathlon thing. Um, I started paying a lot of attention to the company and this is, you know, around... You want to say where your company is or you'd rather not? Um, yeah, so... It's completely up to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll, add, we'll add it into the description later. All right, easy. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you, hey, man, you tell me. So, yeah, just for a little background story on the company, it's 150 employee um, furniture B2B manufacturing yep. and we export worldwide. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, we don't, yeah. If you want any great furniture coming out of Indonesia, the link will be in the description. If, honestly, anything, custom-made tables to fucking anything to yeah. do with furniture. Top quality wood, best wood. This guy has been helping me with a little side project I've been doing. I won't say what it is, but it's to do with wood. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been helping wood. me a lot with that as well. Um, so yeah, if you want to get any any wood and stuff made, he's your guy. It'll be in the description. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So it's yeah. I mean, it was a pretty big company, and well, not big, but you know, pretty average sized. And um, and yeah, it was it was quite exciting in the sense that I was like slowly taking over more responsibilities. I mean, I started like QCing furniture to the point I was managing supply chain, and then yeah. I was you know handling all the purchasing. And then I was handling all operations, which is what I was doing for the most period, of, like the most time. Took I was the company by the balls. <laughs> yeah, and then I started, to, you know, I started handling all the clients, and then I started handling a little bit more of the finances, managerial accounting, and all that stuff. And then slowly I started kind of like leading the team, and you know, and that's where I. Began. I feel like you really need to do that though in Indonesia. Yeah, like you absolutely. just have to. It's not the same as Europe or, or or the West. In Indonesia, you really have to be that that pivotal person people look up to in your business. Absolutely. Otherwise, it won't be getting to where you want it to go. Absolutely. And look, I'm 21 years old. Yeah. Right? I mean, I look like I'm 16. <laughs> hey, we're don't you don't. Um, <laughs> no, but to, to a certain extent, it's very important that I have the respect for my employees. Exactly. Hundred percent from, from the subcontractors and the suppliers that I work with. You have to have that. So you know, 
people recognize me in the way I am, but I'm obviously very different when you know I'm at the factory and stuff like that. You know, I'm very serious in the way I do things and with time management and stuff. You like have that. to be like that, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't take any shit from no. anybody, and um, and from that and from that point, and also you know the the work ethic that I you know I'm, I'm in the factory before anyone's there. And I'm leaving the last. You're setting the role model. You're exactly. setting that person what they want to be. And I remember you telling me, or even on your Instagram, you were saying like you've seen the progression in individual employees in it's their insane. in their personal life as well. Yeah. Like just their work ethic, their workload, like yeah. them as a personal like growth. And I think that is because of you, hundred percent. This no? is what I believe in. So yeah. I, I I invest a lot in culture. I love I, I love culture. I mean, I invest a lot in you know the responsibilities. I increase it from people. I expect my my employees to learn a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, recently, we gave um, all our top management uh, a book on Toyota Way, which is you know the leading manufacturer in the world, in mm. my opinion, for lean manufacturing, Kaizen, and all these lean principles and stuff like that. It's mainly business process or manufacturing process yeah. design, and kind of like educating them. You know, we have two whiteboards. I'm always like, you know, if it's the law of diminishing returns, economies of scale, all these Everything's concepts. Up there. Yeah, yeah, all these Around concepts you, I share directly, yeah. and I'm increasing Perfect. exactly That's how it should be. And and you know, the main thing, what I believe is dependent on like a, a like a successful business is culture yeah 100 percent. shout out to gary v because i think he actually thinks the same thing yeah so gary v is big on culture yeah as well. he is very big on culture yeah, yeah he's another pivotal person that i've actually started looking at because of you as well also yes yeah he's Ga- amazing gary v helped me a lot in the beginning yeah. in, in terms of like vision i don't listen to him that much anymore you kind of grow out of him but you he's do. always there for Precisely. you to like go yeah. back to yeah. he's more like people who are getting into it as that motivating factor exactly I yeah feel like yeah so so yeah i see the odd video on, on yeah uh, yeah on instagram <laughs> it's nice it's nice it's, it's invigorating yeah, in a way yeah. right 100 percent. um but yeah so so now we're you know this year we've um we've grown well we've, we've tripled profits by three well we, we tripled profits and um and we're looking to expand the factory we're buying new land next year yeah i've seen the videos of the construction you're doing with yeah so new, we're, we're moving space you're we're working mo- on amazing yeah. congratulations moving, bro. yeah thanks literally we're moving really fast winning streak baby <laughs> exactly, winning streak we're moving really fast and, and it's kind of like it's 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 a different kind of stress you know i was talking with one of our bigger biggest clients and and he's is moving pretty fast as well and you know, we're talking about like, you know, there's kind of like a stress that you have when you don't have enough clients or yeah. you don't have enough orders and you can't pay your people. And then there's a the type of stress where you have too much and you just can't handle it. And you need to like the per- balance, man, put all the energy into like growing your company, which yeah. is great. And this is, you know, the company has been here for 25 years and it's been quite static, at least in the last 15 years, definitely 10 mm-hmm. years. Right. So kind of like to come in there and kind of like completely Shift change everything, everything yeah. and, you know, look at it in my way and just do things by the book, right? Quite yeah, literally. fundamentally, which is... You know, pe- people people say like, oh, you know, this is good that you're doing. I'm like, mate, listen, I'm listen, just... The, I'm, the stats are here. The numbers are here. Yeah. I'm just doing things by the book. Yeah. You know, like I'm reading things, you know, and I'm doing courses on accounting. I'm, I'm learning how to like implement operational finance, all this stuff. Like I'm learning, you know, cash flow is, is a big thing in yeah. business. This is what I've it done recently in the last uh, year. And this is something that has completely changed the way, you know, profitability has, you know, improved tremendously. Uh And, um, and yeah, just like implementing basically everything in the book. That's, that, that was my strategy. And, um, and it's exciting. It's exciting. It's, it's funny because like I said, you know, 25 years, this business has been on this, you know, on this land, on this ground. Yeah. And, um, and I just feel like it's very much the startup phase. That's crazy. And everyone, everyone's just moving around. Has, know, has, has the employees been there for 25 years or is it a new bunch? Well, obviously not everyone, but majority, would you say, has been the same employees that's been there? In management, they're all new. Okay. Right? Um, there's one guy in management that, you know, that, I, that I've helped quite a lot and yeah. like improving. And he's been there for like six years. And then there's one guy who's been there for 20 years. Uh-huh. He's also in top level management. So 
Yeah, so there's some people. Them, but but yeah. That's what you want. You want that fresh atmosphere feeling of like this is a startup because when you get into startups, that's the kind of the thing that drives you and motivates you. This is new. This is something we're going to do. This is something we're going to achieve. We're going to become the best. Absolutely. So it's actually amazing that you're feeling that in the company. Yeah, so sharing our vision, sharing my vision with my yeah. with my employees and with my management team and and kind of like seeing like okay, where do I where do we want to go and how do we get there? And how do we get there? And yeah. kind of like, you know, putting yeah, we're all putting the work together. And there is as a team, yeah, and it's insane. You know, when we talk about like, you know, I'm writing an article soon about um, building a gritty culture, uh-huh. and you know, it gets to the point where like, you know, it's eight p.m. and you know, we're smoking cigarettes. Um, <laughs> that's shouldn't be on. <laughs> <laughs> we were smoking cigarettes outside, you know, and we're kind of like just talking about like, you know, how fun it is, you yeah. know, working, you know, fourteen, fifteen hours a day, and kind of like, you know, that's amazing, bro. pushing it to the next level, yeah. and you know, growing that. See, much. that's what you want. You want you want to have that work environment where it is serious. But once you get outside, and once the hours are done, you want that friendly banter with your employees where you yeah. can, you know, have a coffee with them and, and get yeah. that chat in because that yeah. actually is ethically important. Yeah, and so so the thing that I wanted to touch on that is that like the 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 banter that we had, you know, that we have occasionally is like. It's kind of like we have a drive and passion for the um, the grit that we have, right? Uh-huh. That we push so many hours. Like, it's hard work. Love the hustle. Yeah, it's exactly. I'm not. I'm not a fan of the word hustle. Yeah, but okay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we, we love we love the we love the pain. We love the the long hours mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's what I've seen. Like, people are you know we're working weekends and stuff like that, and they love it. You know, they, that's amazing. It's bro. not like oh you know you know I don't feel like going to work. It's like every day we're just like. And that's, I think, that's something that's just, um, it's priceless. Yeah, it is priceless, man, 100%. And well done for cracking into it because not a lot of people can crack into it. Yeah. Or are even aware of it. So at a young age, man, hats off to you again. Yeah, I think I think a big part is, you know, Indonesian was, was my first language. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah, learned, that's, and, that's you know, something that meeting the team has in, helped in us Indonesian, a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. is a major unfair advantage. Absolutely, <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Precisely. precisely. Miles Framework. Miles Framework, exactly read the book <laughs> so uh we're looking good on time let me do a quick some quick little questions for you if you don't mind sure yeah uh so so far what has been the most satisfying moment in your life the most satisfying moment because you've been through life. a lot of ups and downs yeah absolutely I've what's one moment that just comes to the top of your head that's been the most satisfying um i think um yeah cr- crossing ironman malaysia for the first time 100 percent. that think, must be an amazing feeling <laughs> yeah wow. i think there's just something i mean i don't want to talk to my again <laughs> but um yeah the, you know my mom has been through a lot uh-huh. and um you know because you know yeah i mean it's very difficult to see your son in, in, in of the place that i was you know you know 56 kilos and completely you know screwed up basically mentally and um and yeah there's just a lovely picture of me hugging her at Ironman Malaysia, and you got that framed up somewhere in your office or something. Yeah, I have yes, it in my room. Good yeah. man. <laughs> it's, you know, it's it's a moment to remember, and um, and it's yeah, that's I think that's definitely that's a very good answer, a <laughs> very good one. Okay, um, who are your role models? My role models. Well, um, I'm very big. Um, I like Tim Ferriss. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing person. Another guy you recommended to me to to just watch yeah and follow and, and he's got great he's a superhuman well. being yeah he's yeah. a superhuman being yeah one of my favorite books the four hour work week. i actually that's what i've actually ordered that one great that's, yeah. that's that's the next one i'm going to be hitting up that's a great yeah. book yeah i'm going to be getting into that so it's him it's ali abdal yeah um i'm a big fan of steve jobs yeah and um yeah i, I think that would be it yeah. i think i really like, you don't want too many yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's one Marcus Aurelius, which is um, I don't know who that is. He's um, one of the last five good emperors of Rome. Well, he's the last of the five good emperors of Rome, uh-huh. and he's a philosopher king, and he's very big into Stoicism. Uh-huh. And I actually got into him via Tim Ferriss, and I recently read his book, 
which kind of like just changed so my life. And yeah, it's, it's Frederick Nietzsche as well. Nietzsche. Yeah, you know Nietzsche. Him? So he's, he's, he's yeah, not bad. I'm big. I'm big on on existentialism and uh -huh. that time. Yeah, that time. You know, in the '60s, where you know Nietzsche was you know very popular in his movement of you know nihilism mm -hmm. and whatnot. So yeah, definitely. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Good answer. I don't know too much about it though. Um, okay. If you could change one thing on the planet right now, on the current day we live in, what would it be and why? Um, wow, that's a good question. What would I change? Well, I think, I think I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite idealistic in the way that I think addiction can be changed in a very big way. And obviously this is something that's very specific into like the way I think. And um, you know, I can say obviously education and stuff like that. I'm just not knowledgeable enough on that level. That's what I mean. This will come with experience. Like I, we've had this chat before. What I think and I see with you, besides you conquering in the business world, which you're already doing, with this triathlon junkie brand you have built, I think you could really get a good program going to actually make changes in life, which you already are doing, you said with Zoom calls. So I think with the future admission for that brand you have with triathlon junkie, implementing that change in life through through addicts and stuff like that, I think you can actually have a very, very good impactful change. Yeah, I hope so. And, um, and you know, th this question actually makes me think back into about like, um, yeah, I think it was like last year, which I did a, a talk, like a live talk uh -huh. at, at the rehab that I was in. And that's, yeah, on the top of the list of like one of the most amazing moments that I've, you know, kind of like experienced and just like being able to see their kids, you know, under the age of 21, um, you know, suffering through addiction yeah. and kind of like talking to them and coming, them coming up to me and saying like, dude, that was amazing. Like, yeah, you know, that must be the, that's insane. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's, Priceless. yeah, there's no, like that level of satisfaction, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing yeah. to, to give. And when we talk about like NA, Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, we talk about the 12 steps. And that is basically helping the other addict. Mm -hmm. That's that's just, a final step. Yeah, I yeah. think that's that's just you know. So it so get something in the addiction system would what would you, what you would be. Yeah. Yeah, and you will change it. I know you will. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you had a hundred million dollars to spend in three sectors, business, health, and tech, what would you what would you what would you do? Um, so tech probably invest in um, <laughs> Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, actually. Well, maybe maybe not. I would invest in like um, disruptive technology ETF. Okay. <laughs> Very boring. <laughs> Ark Invest. Um, and um, and for business, uh, probably just put it pump it into your company. Pump it into my company, probably. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and then health. That can be your own health. That can be for others' health. So you could say you could say charity. You could say I don't know, build hospitals around the world, whatever. You have the hundred million dollar budget. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll go for the charity. Yep. I yeah. see. So what are you budgeting it in? How much in each sector? Oh, I have a hundred million, not in each. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, not three hundred, mate. Calm down. We're not hundred. <laughs> hundred million. Three, three. Um, I want to talk like a straight up conservative capitalist and put a hundred million in my own company. All right. Sweet. So you you're like fuck the others. No. I yeah. like the answer, man. I would do the same thing. Well, maybe thing, I'll put probably. $5 million in charity. You know. I would actually do the same thing. <laughs> uh, what was the most challenging part of the Ironman? Training? Um, training is definitely... I mean, you're putting 15 to 20 hours a week. I yeah. mean, you know, this is where my discipline came from initially. Right? Yeah, that's I where mean, you... And you're implementing it into business, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah, amazing. And, you know, like you wake up at 4.30 a.m., you go for like a, a two-hour bike or, you know, an hour and a half swim. You're pumping 4K in the morning when it's pitch black. Yeah. And then you're going to work for like nine, ten hours, and then you come home and you're training for another two hours. What is your schedule looking at now? Oh, well, what, what time it's, it's are you? It's quite similar, up? essentially. I, I wake up still at four twenty-five, 
still um, to this yeah, day still to wow. this day every day um i see i i have that written and like my 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 quantum goal list which is eventually like i want to be waking up at 5 a.m because that's what most if you want to be up here in life you have to be waking up at that time because you're just giving yourself extra hours to do Absolutely. more things yeah and for you to be already doing that at 4 25 a.m man yeah yeah, I think I think it was a pretty you know the way I look at it, it's just non negotiable. Like yeah. for the goals that I want to achieve. Exactly, that's, that's what I, that's how I see it. But I yeah. just see it coming as age will come. I'll, I'll slowly get there. Slowly, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think I think just waking up. You there. have to. It's, yeah. it's 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 a must do. Yeah. So I wake up at four twenty five. Um, I take a cold shower immediately. Yeah. And um, and I start like answering the emails. That's another must. <laughs> cold shower, not cold a hot showers. One. <laughs> I, yeah, morning cold showers. Yeah. I, I take evening hot showers. In the morning, I always yeah. take cold showers. Yeah. And um, I'm starting to implement more a little bit of gym. Right, I quit triathlon recently, so I've kind of like you know lost my fitness. Do boxing, bro. I've just been taking up boxing recently for the past couple of months. Yeah, honestly, I for mean, your mental health as well, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to get into that as well because I mean, you not know, even just again that like, oh I box, you know, I want to beat people up. Not at all. No, of course not. That's like, not the way I would see that it. That sport, like you have this perception of what boxing is or martial arts is, and you get into it. I think I've spoken about it before in the first episode, and it's just completely different. Like it's 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 amazing. Yeah, it's, heard, has I've, so I've many heard, benefits. I've heard really great yeah. things from it. Um, I, th- I think my, my strategy for like the health um, and gym kind of like systems that I would want to implement is just like every morning, just 15, 20 minutes just to get the blood and oxygen up to my brains. And then, um, and then, yeah. And then basically just, you know, smash the day. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so I do like my, my schedule right now is like, I start like working at like 5am. Um, I usually do a little bit of reading these days. I don't do that much reading. I do more courses. Um, just cause I'm like, want to be highly specialized in, in certain yeah, areas. Yeah, you transfer to Kindle as well, no? Yeah, of, yeah, and yeah. I do Kindle, of course. I, I do more reading at lunchtime and then in the evening. Just spare time, whatever, lunch break. Yeah, exactly. That extra minutes you're reading. Perfect. Exactly, Perfect. exactly. Um, if you could have a business meeting with any three people dead or alive, who would they be? Dead or alive. Um, so Steve Jobs, obviously, no, would be one for you. Well, he's not alive. No, dead or alive. So oh, dead could, or alive. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> I was like, just I was saying, like, well, I thought Steve Jobs was still alive, <laughs> just chilling. <laughs> um, no, Steve Jobs wouldn't have been one of them. No? I mean, uh, I'm very inspired in his management styles, but I wouldn't necessarily have a meeting with him. It would probably be, God, these are difficult questions, man. <laughs> Putting um, you on the spot, man. You've been through worse. <laughs> um, probably I would, ha- I would have a chat with Tim Ferriss. Uh-huh. Right? 100%. Um, he would be on my list as well, for yeah. sure. And, um, and yeah, just on the top of my list. Um, two more. Two more, wow. Anyone. They don't really have to be business people just to have a meeting about life or whatever, just a chat with. Could have three people in a room. Yeah. Okay. So, so Mark Cuban. Mm-hmm. Oh, good one. I like Mark Cuban. Yeah. He's he's a legend. Yeah. He's, he's, what he's he did with the Dallas Mavericks. It's insane. Insane. It's very insane. <laughs> yeah, Again, culture driven. Yeah, I love his story. And um, Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. And I should have said I should have said Jeff Bezos first, first because yeah. I, he's probably one of the he's, most inspiring um, in terms of technical. Businesses. He's insane. Yeah. Um, how important is saving money and reinvesting it into into let's say stocks or oh, cryptocurrency okay. at a young age that we're going through right now right so so that's another youtuber <clears throat> steven what's his name about graham stephan S- yeah graham statham he's yeah. very very good to watch if you if you want to know about yeah. saving money and basically creating multiple revenue streams in your life to set you up because you can't rely on one you have to have at least what is it 15 or five or 10 it's something like that no, if I you're think a million five, is okay. five yeah. yeah five or seven i'm just nice. over <laughs> i want more yeah. <laughs> on everything i, I think i think um that yeah it depends what you follow i mean i'm reading the book well i've read the book um the one big thing by gary yeah. keller where he talks about just focus on one thing and kind of like expand that as much as possible and then once you get to a status where you can expand your your business expertise and, and have more sources of passive income um, yeah, I think it really depends on the way you look at it. I just think saving money 
at this age that we're going through or it's even crucial. younger is so crucial. So yeah. I Just mean, instead of like buying that extra beer or that extra plate of sushi, you stick it in your safe and forget about it. Yeah. So so this is one of my unfair advantages in the sense that I live with my mother yeah. and I have no living cost. I save around 97% of my income. Um, I have a pretty decent income in the sense like, you know, with all the things that I do. Um, but I invest everything into crypto. Exactly. And, um, I dollar cost average into um, an S&P 500 ETF yep. uh, accumulating by iShares. And then I invest, well, I invest 80% of that, well, 50, 70% of that into the S&P 500. I do some in NASDAQ ETFs. I'm big on ETFs. Yeah. And um, I've been doing the same again. We had yeah. that chat. So yeah. So dollar cost averaging is basically just investing every single yeah. month, whatever happens. Just repumping it back into profit over long term, even short term or mid term. Yeah. That and is guaranteed. And, and through compound interest, you yeah. know, um, and dividends reinvested, adjusted for inflation, like, you know, the upside is compound interest. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get a tattoo of that. Yeah. <laughs> you should. Comp- uh, how many likes like. to get that? <laughs> 10,000. 10,000. 10, 10,000 likes. You'll get a compound oh, interest tattoo. <laughs> Come on, boys. We can do it. And girls. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's so important, you know, at a young age, you know, investing in crypto. Um, I, I'm big Especially on crypto. Especially to where the world's going right now. Yeah. So I'm big on crypto. I don't want to say anything because I'm not too. No, no, no. Yeah. We're not too yeah, educated. You know, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not going to be your financial advisor. No, no, no. I definitely <laughs> just, you know, do your own research and stuff like that. Uh, I have about um, 20% of my portfolio into crypto, mm-hmm. into Bitcoin and Ethereum and some other altcoins. Smart. Yeah. And I've been investing since March. Um, every month and um, and yeah the upsides have been obviously very good I mean, we're Mate, at, uh, Ripple's 20- not looking too good at the moment I don't even want to talk about it yeah, <laughs> so I liquidated everything smart man I, <laughs> I won't go down that, that route <laughs> so um, let's say when you, when you do make it in life because I know we both will that's a fact uh, if you could have a dream company would it still be the one you're doing now or you're going to obviously create a dream company what would it be would you say Brief- um, briefly I think I think I really like manufacturing. Uh-huh. Um, there's something about manufacturing that you know it's just amazing in the sense that like every small step that you change just affects your gross margins and um, and yep. like when you talk about process design, I think definitely manufacturing. Okay, so down that manufacturing realm, you're yeah. not sure on what. I'll definitely sell this company as a plan um, yeah. that I'm running now, and then kind of like you know build more companies in the future. Perfect. Yeah. Sweet, bro. Um, if you could, no, I already said that. Uh, Top five traveling items and top five traveling tips because you were on the road for a, for a while. What would you say if you could have to bring five things with you to travel? What are the most important things? Um, definitely get a good backpack. Yeah. Um, and um, well, it depends what type of traveling. But if you're traveling like I did, um, like a, a Bunsen burner, no, not Bunsen burner. Um, <laughs> what's it called? A water heater. Yeah, just like a heater, like yeah. a camping or heater. Or something to purify water. Yeah, uh, what well, is depends what you're doing. Are you in living. the rainforest or you're fucking in yeah. the city? But yeah, yeah, that stuff. Maybe like yeah, obviously like a few pairs of clothes. I, 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 <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, like a random question. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have. I didn't have like you know laptops or phones with uh, me when I was old. But I think in this day and age, it's a, maybe you could even say camera because you can make a living off that if you're stuck with anything and you just start filming yourself. At the yeah, end I mean, the at the end of the day, it really depends on your goals. Like yeah, my true. goals was just to like basically like you know just do whatever. What would so yours be? Because this question differs to anyone. So more briefly, mm. like your what your top five in this day and age. So if you in this, to travel. Like yeah, right, now, right now. Right now. Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll definitely bring my laptop. Five items: laptop, laptop. Um, I'll bring my uh, phone. Um, yeah. I'll bring. Um, yeah, I'll bring my obviously my my ear, my earphones. Books. Oh no, you got your you got your Kindle. And I'll bring my Kindle. Yeah. And um, I'm very tech. I'm very tech. I'm a big tech nerd, yeah. right? I love tech. So that kind of uh, have to be though in this day and age. Uh, I think you know, so. yeah. I think there's 100%. a lot of value to be taken. I've always had been though. So well. I remember you as well when we were quite young. You always into computers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, since a very young age, I was. Yeah, yeah I was quite interested. Yeah, it's good yeah. to be. It's good to be. Yeah. Um, when you make your first million dollars, what are you doing with it? 
nothing. Saving. No, yeah, saving. Just leaving it into like the S and P five hundred and stuff like yeah. that. Just um, reinvesting in all the things you said. Yeah. 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 Uh, to what extent do you agree with this statement? Self control is strength. Calmness is mastery. You can't allow emotions to overpower your intelligence. Yeah, that's what I believe. I believe in yep. objectivity, and mm-hmm. um, I think yeah, all that just stands for that in a way, right? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Sweet, bro. I think uh, we're very good. I think that was an amazing episode. Absolutely. I think we went through. A, we could be talking for another two hours, honestly. In my personal we opinion. Probably will later. <laughs> yeah, we will. We'll probably go get some food after this yeah. and continue the conversation. I can't wait to do this podcast with you again in like two, three years and see how much we've evolved. That would and be changed. amazing. That would be, <laughs> that would be an interesting. So podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. think it's gonna be good. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to do that again. Uh, shout out to the sponsors: Kura Kura Beer, Kaizai, ten percent off on all cans below. Uh, if you want to get some of these slides. Check out the website. We've got a lot of designs going down there as well as these hats. So go check that out. Christmas is over, but you can always buy yourself and treat yourself with something, you know. Absolutely. Uh, so, Brees, thank you very much, man. really appreciate your time and effort. It's amazing. Great talk. Thank you for coming on. Keep killing it because you're you. only going to get better and you're only going to grow. Thank you. Amazing stuff, my brother. Really proud of you. Thanks for having me on. Perfect, bro. Thank you. Perfect. Ciao. <laughs>